If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 32. Matthew 22, verse 32, and I want to just refresh our memory on uh, the series verse uh, that we're going to be spending time in uh, all this month. And tonight we're going to be blessed to, uh, to just continue this series, God of the Living. So the Bible says this, Matthew twenty-two thirty-two. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. And we're blessed in this uh, scripture tonight because uh, God desires to have relationship with each and every one of us. And we know, as the Word of God says there, that He is the God of the living, not the dead. It's because that God is uh, the God of the living that we're blessed uh, today. And we're going to look, we're going to spend some time in the Old Testament today and looking at, uh, at Abraham's life and the promise that came to him. As we look in the, in the Word of God, we read about the patriarchs of old who walked with God by faith. We read about Moses. We read about Abraham. We read about Isaac and Jacob and who God was to them and the promises he gave them and how their obedience pleased God. Way back there in the Old Testament, their obedience to the, to the commands of God, it pleased God and it laid a foundation of faith for you and I, yes, even today. And we're going to look uh, tonight at Abraham's life and the promises that were made to him so long ago. And with God's help, we're going to understand that it, it doesn't end back then, that it relates to us today. Last week, Pastor Dan kicked off the series and he talked about the God of the living, how that we have more than just religion, we have relationship. Thank you, Jesus. And tonight what we're going to be talking about is the covenant. The title of tonight's message is The Covenant, A Bond of Grace. So let's turn over to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. And we're going to read that together. And as we read that, we're going to understand that God has made a covenant with his people. And we're going to read in the Old Testament how God made that covenant and how Abraham was effective in getting that covenant going and what his role was in that. A covenant God has made with his people to be their God and also to be God of their descendants. A covenant that gives us hope and strength today and something to carry on and pass on to our loved ones and to our children. So Genesis 17, verse 1, let's read that together. The Bible says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Al Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Now remember, we're talking about covenant tonight, and I want you to listen and look at the words that are mentioned here, in the, in, in, starting in verse 2. I will make a covenant with you, God said, by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground, and then God said to him in verse 4, this is my covenant. Again, the Lord uses that word covenant. This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. 
Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations. The kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will all, the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And God said to Abraham, regarding Sarah, your wife, her, no, her name will no longer be Sarai, for now on her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Bow your head with me uh, tonight as we pray for God's help this evening. Father, we come before you. Lord, we're so grateful, Father, for the promises, Lord God, that you have bestowed upon our lives, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for loving us, my God. We know that everything, God, that you've done for us is motivated in love and your desire, God, to have relationship, Lord, with your, your children, your sons and daughters, Father. Lord, I pray tonight, my God, that your word, Father God, would convict us, would challenge us, would encourage us, Father God, and we would walk out of here different, knowing, God, the promises, God, that you've given us, God, the covenant, Lord God, that we are in with you, Father. And we thank you, Lord God. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Covenant, a bond of grace. Now, this covenant that we, that we read here as God bestowed upon Abraham and his descendants, it gives us hope and strength to continue to pray and to serve God. It's a covenant. It's a partnership with Almighty God and his Son. Now, that's an amazing thought. When you think of who we are, you can't, you can't think of another word but grace, God's grace in our lives, for him to want to, to be able to share heavenly things with us, salvation, riches from heaven, to share everything, his goodness with us. Because we know who we are. We know where we've come from. We know where God saved us from. But nevertheless, it's God's grace that we're able to be in this partnership, this covenant, with him a bond that cannot be broken if we stand for him and with this truth truth we know that we can stand in the gap and make a difference in this world and i pray tonight you know we hear about the term about having a relationship with jesus christ and how important that is and what that means but i think sometimes we we don't see it as deep as it is we don't see it the way that god sees it that it's a covenant relationship. It's a relationship, yes, but it's a covenant relationship, a covenant that that word carries so much weight. What God did for us and does for us, it's covenant. It's a promise. It's a partnership. And we're going to look a little deeper into what that word means. What is a covenant? A covenant is a relationship between two partners who make binding promises to each other and work to reach a common goal. This covenant, a covenant is often accompanied by oaths, signs, and ceremonies. Now there are responsibilities that both parties have when it comes to covenant. And we see God's uh, part here as, as he talks to Abraham, what God said and what God promised and said that he would do, that he would make him a father of many nations, he said in verse 6, I will make you extremely fruitful. He changed his name. 
He blessed Abraham with, with the son, blessed his wife with the son. See, God was fulfilling his promises and his responsibilities in that commitment, in that covenant. And as we read in the various chapters here around Genesis 17, God laid things out for Abraham to do, and one of the things was circumcision. And Abraham did that. He was faithful to that. Now, as we jump back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, the Bible says, So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. Now here God was talking about the promise of Israel, of the nation of Israel. And we see God's blessing and, and, and favor upon them, yes, even today, and it's tied into this. And we're going to talk uh, about the New Testament in a little bit, but how does this relate to you and I? Because you may think, well, this is just, this is just for the Jewish people. This is just for, for Hebrews, for Israelites. But through Jesus Christ, as we're going to learn here in a moment, we get to partake in those blessings, in that inheritance that the Jewish nation have, has. The favor that they have from God, you and I, because of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made in our lives, you and I are also partakers in that. So I don't want us to count ourselves out when we talk about covenant. Another covenant, just to give you an illustration, is, is marriage. Did you know that? Marriage is a covenant. The oaths, the vows that you gave to your wife, to your husband, that's a covenant. It was done in the sight of many people. And what did you do after that, that marriage? You had to sign something. It, 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 was, it, was, it was an oath. It's a covenant. It's a God-sealed covenant. That's what marriage is. And that means something. The vows that you shared with your spouse that beautiful day, those promises you made, those are lifelong promises that, that you have to be faithful to. And it's sad to say in this day and age, so many people, because of, of feelings or because they're tired of this or that or they want to change the scenery, they throw those things out like they didn't mean anything. See, our words, our promises, our vows, it means something. It means something to God, definitely. God is faithful to his word. What God says he will do, he will perform it. But I think as time has gone on, I mean, as we look at the, the uh, analogy of marriage, many have thrown it off by the wayside because they've, they've hit a rough patch. Perhaps they don't feel like they did in the first days, but that's no excuse to just, to just throw, throw everything in and just forget about the promises that, that you and I made. It means something. It's covenant. Now, there are five covenants, it said, in the Bible. There's the, the, the covenant of Noah, the, the covenant that God gave to Noah, to Abraham, the Mosaic covenant, as God promised things to Moses, the Davidic covenant regarding King David, and lastly, the new covenant, thank you, Jesus, regarding Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for you and I. But today we're talking about Abraham, we're blessed today because of what was set in motion when God, by His grace, reached out to Abraham to make this covenant. It's beautiful. It's a blessing. Because God didn't have to do that. See, all throughout the Word of God, from the very beginning, as you, as you go back into to Genesis, 
When God created Adam and Eve, God desired relationship with His creation. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, even when they, they forsook the commands of God and they, they uh, partook of the forbidden fruit, they, they, what did the, the, the Bible said they did? They, they hid. They tried to hide because of their sin and their shame. But what happened after that is so special and it shows, it shows a characteristic of God. He reached out to them. He was looking for them. While they hid in shame, he had a covenant with them, a relationship with them. And the Bible says that they heard the voice of God walking in the wilderness. Adam, where are you? He desired relationship. And today, the Lord desires relationship with you and I. The, des the desire of the enemy would be to sever that relationship so that we would run away in shame, so that we would, we would just, as fast as we can, just get out of the house of God, get out of our relationship with God because perhaps we're shameful or we, we failed or we did something that, that we're ashamed of. But God desires relationship each and every day. What's so powerful in this covenant that God had with Abraham and Abraham's response was Abraham's faith. In Genesis 15, 6, see, when we are in covenant with God, we're going to have to have faith. We're going to have to believe. Genesis 15, 6, the Bible says this. It says, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous. Was it because of his works? Because he was a good guy? Because he didn't do this or he didn't do that or because, you know, he, he had everything buttoned up in his life and he made, he made zero mistakes. No, that's not why he was righteous. It says, and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. See, you and I, church, we have to have faith. We have to have faith in what God tells us, what God's telling us tonight. Talking about God's promises. You want breakthrough in your life. You want to break through in, in, in various areas of your life. You're going to have to believe God's word, his promises. The word of God is filled with so many promises. What does the Bible say? His promises for you are what? Yea and amen. Even if you tripped up, even if you made a mistake, yes, yeah, God's grace, his promises are still intact. But what happens many times is we throw in the towel and we run away. And we forget about our part in this. And we do have a part, and we're going to go a little deeper in that in just a moment. God's word is filled with promises, but we have to believe. Faith, it's the beginning, it's everything. The day that we gave our lives to Christ, the day that we were saved, that we confessed, a good confession in Christ, that Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, God, forgive me of my sins. It took faith, and it takes faith. So you have to believe. Perhaps you're in this place, you're believing God for deliverance. You have to believe that he can do it. You're believing God for breakthrough, you have to believe. You're believing God for your children, that they're going to get saved, that God's going to bring that change. You have to believe. You have to believe. You've got to hold on to your faith. It may look like things are going the opposite way. It may look like things are getting worse. It may feel like your prayers aren't reaching heaven or God's ears, but you have to have faith that God is hearing me and that God is moving, and I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to believe. I'm going to continue to plant those seeds of faith. I'm going to continue to believe in God's word. We have to believe. Abraham believed in this covenant, and that's why I was activated. If he didn't believe, if he didn't receive the message, it wouldn't have been activated. 
If some of you in this place, you're believing God for healing. Find those scriptures, find those promises in his word and take them as your own. Believe them. They're yours, they're for you. That'll activate, that faith activates it. Confess it, proclaim it, walk in it, walk in your healing. Thank you, Jesus, walk in your deliverance. Thank God for, thank you, Jesus, for delivering me, Lord. Thank you for healing me from this. You gotta proclaim it, you gotta live in it, you gotta walk in it, that's faith. And Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now he not only believed, but he also obeyed. See, faith and obedience, we need that. You have to believe, but you have to obey. There was a responsibility that Abraham had here in this covenant, and he had to obey. Genesis, let's look in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. It goes on. Thank you, Jesus. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. Listen to this. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. There was God's promise. There was God's word for Abraham, and in that word was a command. There was a directive there for, for Abraham, and he had a choice. What was he going to do? So you and I have a choice when it comes to the things of God. Each and every day we have a choice. We know what's required of us, don't we? We know what's required of us. We know what God wants us to do, but the hard part is obeying that many times, right? Because it's not easy sometimes. God, God convicts us and challenges us to, to give things up that, 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 are, that, that are hurting us. But what are we going to do? Are we going to obey those things or are we not? Now listen to what Abram did in verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. If you think you're old in this place, if you're, if you're, you're out of time, you're washed up, Abram was 75 years old when this promise was activated. Amen. If there's breath in your lungs, there's time for you. There's time for me. If there's breath in your lungs, there's still time. Obey the, pro the, the, the command of God so that you can inherit the promise. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So we see God's command, but we see the responsibility. Abraham had to take ownership of it, and he had to obey. What has God been challenging you with? In your life and in our heart of hearts we know it man the Holy Spirit convicts us that still small voice there's things in our lives that are hurting us and God's saying I want to deliver you of these things I want to help you get rid of these things obey me walk in obedience and with that the promise our faith activates those blessings we must believe that God made a covenant with us, and it's by faith that we receive it. Again, in Genesis 15, 18, so the Lord made a covenant with Abram that, that day and said, I have given you this land, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates 
river. God's promise. So we see the promise there. And as we talked about, when you think of promise, when you think of the covenant that God gave Abraham, it was an act of grace. Again, God didn't have to do that. But God desired to be in relationship. God desired to share his riches, his power, his love with others. With generations upon generations, God, God desires to share his love with many, with everyone. This covenant is an act of grace. It's true grace. And today we're blessed because we have the new covenant. This covenant is motivated in love. Thank you, Jesus. God desires to have relationship with his children. And it's motivated in love. See, throughout history, God has been faithful to his part of the bargain. The covenant, he's been faithful to his word. And God has made these covenants as we, as we talked about, but we see mankind's effort to try to, to, try to, to do these things, to keep their part of the covenant, to keep our part of the covenant. But we failed again and again. Mankind, as you look in the word of God, you look at the children of Israel, the blessings that God had for them. But as God saved them, talking about the Mosaic Covenant, as God saved them and brought them out of the bondage of slavery under Pharaoh, out of Egypt, took them into the wilderness. Where were they headed? They were headed to the promised land. Inheritance, promise, covenant, right? But what happened? Moses went up to the mountain just for, for, for but a short time, and in that, that span of time, they dove into idolatry. The golden calf, right? We remember that story. They started to worship this thing and they started to thank this thing for, for saving them. See, so many times God, God created the way, God led them, God gave them the clear instruction. But over and over, mankind has failed. But thank you, Jesus, as we talk about the new covenant. Not that God wiped it away, but because of Jesus and his perfection, he came to fulfill this covenant. He kept his part of the bargain and he stood in the gap for you and I. And that's why today we're here today. Thank you, Jesus. In our right minds, we're able to experience salvation. We had an awesome worship service. We're able to experience the presence of God. We're able to, 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 to be ministered to by the Spirit of God because of Jesus and because of the new covenant. In Romans 5.8, the Bible says, but God commends his love his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When God was the furthest thing from your mind, when you were out there sinning, and that was your objective in life, was just to see how big and bad you can be and what you could accomplish for sin, while you were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. He commends his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. As we said, a covenant, a covenant is a partnership. It's an agreement between two parties. Each upholds their part of the bargain. But mankind has failed again and again. But praise God, we thank God for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the, the price that he paid for us for standing in the gap. Now, as we talk about this new covenant briefly, I want to look here in Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31 Verse 31, let's read that together. 
right, here we go. Jeremiah 31, 31. The day is coming, says the Lord. Listen to this. When I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel in Judah. A new covenant. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, as I had mentioned. Right? Again and again, humanity broke the covenant. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. In verse 33, But this is a new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instruction deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Isn't that beautiful tonight? That's the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. That's what Jesus did for us. Because of, his, because of his death, these promises come to you and I, brother and sister. And the way that it's written here, we're hearing the sense of the Holy Spirit about, about writing the, the, the law of God in our hearts. See, the Old Testament, the old law was written on stone. But in the New Covenant, the law is written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it closes there, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. This is good news for you and I tonight in this place. I don't know how you came in this evening. I don't know what you're wrestling with or what you're battling. Perhaps you barely made it in here in the house of God tonight because perhaps you're dealing with shame or failure you're on your last rope, you feel. You failed one too many times. You feel that God's patience is, is done. His long-suffering is at a limit with you and I. But he says, for I will, give, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin will I remember no more. That's good news. Now as we jump forward into the New Testament in Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says this in verse 27. This here is the Last Supper, and it says, And he took a cup, Jesus, and he gave thanks, and he gave to them, saying, Drink you all of it, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many unto the remission of sins. Thank you, Jesus. This is my blood of the covenant, the new covenant that he shed for you and I. So covenant is a relationship it's a partnership. It's a bond between two parties. Now, you and I, believer, we have a responsibility in this covenant that we're going to look at tonight. When we read the Old Testament and we hear the word covenant, I think many times we think of Old Testament, right? We think of the law. But here we are in the New Testament, and the New Testament is the new covenant where Jesus fulfilled the law and he came to make a new covenant with you and I. And it's a covenant of grace and forgiveness. And a covenant means that each party bears responsibilities. We know that God, it's given. We read the word of God and we know that he's gone above and beyond for you and I. 
He sacrificed you and I, for you and I. Jesus died for you and I. He's fulfilled his part of the covenant. But as Christians here in the 21st century, I think many times people take this forgiveness and, and Jesus' fulfillment of, of the law and this, this covenant. I think many times, many could be mistaken in Christianity to think that, that we have no more responsibility when it comes to the covenant. Well, Jesus paid the price, so I could just live the way that I want to live. I could do what I want to do, and I'll, I'll inherit the blessings, and I'll, I'll be right with God. See, you and I, we have a responsibility in this covenant. Responsibility. Things that God wants us to do, ways that we should live, what we should believe in the Word of God, and how we should live. And as we think about that, let us never think that God's grace is a license for you and I to sin. To know that we could come into church on Wednesday, midweek service, we could come into church on Sunday, and we could ask for God's forgiveness, we could hit the altar, and we could be sincere. But then come Monday, an opportunity of sin comes, and, and, and without hesitation, without a fight, we give in because we think, I'll go to church on Wednesday and I'll make it right. I'll go to church on Sunday and I'll make it right. And many times I think that there's a misconception when we think about grace that many have taken it to be a license to sin. But let that never be named among us as people of God, brother and sister. Nothing could be further from the truth. If we think that this grace is a license to sin, then we no longer value the blood of Jesus because Jesus paid the price for you and I, right? It wasn't an easy road for him to get to the cross. Isn't that right? He was betrayed. He bore the burden emotionally, physically, mentally for you and I. By his stripes, we are healed. The healing that you and I have in this place, thank you, Jesus. We thank God for it, but it came with the price. He paid the price, yes, by his very stripes, the stripes that he bore for you and I. You've been bought with a price. Someone paid for you, paid for your soul, your very soul, my very soul. Now look in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. The Bible says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Say that with me. I don't belong to myself. We don't belong to ourselves. The Bible says you do not belong to yourself. Verse 20, for God bought you with a high price, a price that we could never pay. So you must honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Honor God with our mind, with our soul, with our heart, yes. But the Bible even goes on to say, honor God with your body. What do we give our bodies to? When we're living a life of sin, we give our bodies to that. Whatever feels good, I give my, I give my body to that, right? That's a sinful life. But here's the new covenant. Honor God with your body. And with this comes blessings. God gives us strength to obey this, this command. Again, we looked at the analogy and the covenant of marriage. For example, marriage. Perhaps as an example, my wife and I, right? We made our vows. We looked each other in the eye. We stood in front of many witnesses many years ago. And out of our own free will, we committed, out of love, we committed to one another through love. 
I'll stick with you. For better or for worse, right? For richer or for poorer. Till the hubcaps fall off, I'm with you. I'm with you to the re- for the rest of my life. I made a vow, I made a covenant, right? We did that, right? Husbands and wives, you did that many years ago. Now, in this analogy, as we talk about covenant, as we talk about many taking advantage of, of, of the grace and forgiveness, forgiveness of God, it's, it's like in a marriage, just having what some people call an open marriage. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm, I'm, I made a vow to you, but I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm not going to have any hang-ups or, or, or commitments to you. Yes, I'm married and there's a covenant, but I want to do what I want to do. If I don't want to come home tonight, I'm not going to come home tonight. If I don't want to treat you right, I'm not going to treat you right. And it becomes a license to sin. And you would say, man, that's crazy. That's not right. And in the same way, many have taken their salvation and they, they've taken those liberties and thinking, that God, I'm just going to live my life the way I want. I'm going to come back. I'm going to hit the altar. I'm going to sin. I'm going to hit the altar, get right, and then I'm going to go right back out to sin. It's the same kind of thing. It's the same craziness. The Bible says you are bought with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Now, secondly, we're bond servants. Another word for bond servant is slave. Now, in Titus 1:1, Paul, powerful man of God, writing a letter here to Titus, he says, Paul a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Another word for bondservant is slave. So as we're reading the scriptures here, as we're reading the truth of God's word, we're getting the sense of, of there being a responsibility for you and I as people of God that I've been bought with the price. Me, I've been bought with the price. I'm not my own person. Jesus paid the price for me. So now what does that mean? I'm a bondservant. I live in freedom. I walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. I, I enjoy all the blessings of God, right, as much as I can. And with God's grace, when I fall, when I mess up, God's grace is there, right? But we should always be fighting against sin. Never stop fighting against sin, brother and sister. Once you do, then, then it gets bad. Always fight. Always resist sin. Paul, a bondservant, he calls himself. So we have a responsibility. There's a powerful scripture, a heavy scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. And as we talk about valuing the blood of Jesus, we have to always place value on the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 29, it says, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy on us. Never lose the importance and the value of the blood of Jesus. Yes, we may sin. Man, we may fall. And the Bible says a wise man will fall seven times, but he'll get back up again. The Bible says resist the enemy. Right? Continue to fight against sin. With God's grace and strength, he'll help us to be, be victorious and to fulfill our part of this covenant. We're bought with the price and we are bondservants. So what does this all show us? That we don't own ourselves. The Lord paid a price for you and I. He, he saw you so valuable, of so much value, of so much worth, that he died for you. 
And some might think that, man, this sounds just like a, like a ball and chain, but it's the contrary. As we become bondservants of Christ, as we understand that we're bought with a price and we align ourselves up with the word of God and we do our best to live according to God's word, what do we enjoy? We enjoy the blessings, right? We enjoy healing. We enjoy peace of mind. We enjoy the Holy Spirit. We enjoy being here in our right mind. We enjoy the blessings here on earth. We enjoy family. We enjoy relationship that you and I have. Why? Because you're walking in the blessings of God. You're walking in the power of God. You're walking according to his word. We've seen marriages restored in this place. Can you say amen? Man, we've seen people healed in this place. Amen. Why? Because you're lining yourself up with the word of God and you're taking God's word and you're, you're making it your own. You're living according to the word of God. And because of that, you experience the blessing. And what does Jesus say? He says, my, he says, come and follow me. My yoke is light. My burden is light. There's a responsibility. He uses the word yoke. But it's light. It's refreshing to your soul. So the devil would love to lie to us and say, man, just go out and live in freedom. But when you live in sin, you live in bondage, right? It's bondage. Living under the power of sin is bondage. Living in Christ is freedom. Can you say amen? amen? See, the devil has it twisted. He's convinced the world that it's the other way around, that you live in Christ. Oh, you can't do anything anymore. Oh, it's going to be boring. We're fulfilled. We're set free to do what God's called us to do. Can you say amen? God set us free. We're on our way to victory. Thank you, Jesus. So we don't own ourselves. Worship team, you can go ahead and uh, start to make your way up. God has presented us a much better way, and it's the new covenant. So we got to stop trying to do it on our own. we got to do it God's way. We have to come to Jesus each and every day, live according to his word and what he wants us to do. So tonight, we learned about the covenant, the blessing of the covenant that God gave to Abraham and the nation of Israel, and how that you and I, today, we partake in that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, so we can inherit the same blessings that are promised to them. The covenant is an act of grace. It's God's grace, his love for you and I. And lastly, that you and I have a responsibility when it comes to this covenant to live according to the word of God, to fulfill our part of this with God's strength. He doesn't leave us alone in it. He gives us the strength of his Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do. But we have to walk in it. And in that, we're blessed and we walk in the blessings of God. Thank you, Jesus. You received that tonight? Let's give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your blessings, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the covenant, my God. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, Lord. We thank you for the truth, God, that while we were yet sinners, you loved us, you died for us, Father God. When you were the furthest thing from our minds, Lord God, you chased after us, Father God. You sent your one and only Son to die for us. Father God, we thank you for your mercy tonight, Lord. Father, and I pray for anyone in this place, Lord God, that is not in covenant with you, Father. Anyone that has that strayed away for whatever reason, Father God, we know that you love them too as you love all of us, Father God. And I pray for their souls right now, my God, for them in a place of decision tonight, Father God, that they would make that choice to accept your blessings and love, Father God, to accept you, knowing that you will forgive them, Father. We thank you, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed tonight,